Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Dead Man Horror Show. I'm your host, Mr. Dead Man. And uh, our guest here tonight is Candace Nola. Did I say that right? Did yes, you did. I actually said that right. I actually said a name right. Yeah. Wow. I don't you probably haven't listened to the show. It really has very few listeners, but like the running gag is that like, I can never get uh any of the guest names right. So I mean wow. You know, there's one. There's well, one. I have listened to the show in the past, and it's a pretty easy name to say, and everybody automatically assumes it's a pen name, and I'm from New Orleans, because Nola. And I'm like, nope, that's my real name. It has nothing to do with New Orleans. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. I mean, I, I, I was going to, should I start off like, Saying here's Candace Owens or something else. I'm just messing. I'm just messing, messing, messing. No, 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 no. But Candace Nola, how are you doing? Now, before we get into this show, we're going to. Uh, I do have a sponsor. I do have a, a little sponsor here. We need to put out here uh, to get this. We're, we're getting professional. Now, this show is a very professional show now. Um, right. Hey, uh, this sponsor is for Midnight Grave Diggers. Hey, do you happen to have someone or something in your trunk that needs to be buried? Do you have something in a large bag that is going to smell if not uh, disposed of properly? Do you happen to be in a situation where you might have hit something while driving and no one knows? Then you need the service of Midnight Grave Diggers. Just go to MGD.com, use promo code DHS2022. Okay, you got to do it now because we're getting close to the new year, okay? And that's how you can get your 10% off Midnight Grave Diggers. You go to that website be like, it's not working. It works when it needs to work, okay? All right? <laughs> All right. So, uh, <clears throat> with that said, let's, um, now, now that we have our sponsor taken care of, uh, Miss Candace, Candace Nola. Sir. Who are you in... What does your daddy do? <laughs> Who am I? Well, you just told everyone my name, so we'll start there. Um, I'm an author. I am a publisher. I'm an editor. I'm a reviewer. I'm a horror nutball. And what does my daddy do? Well, my daddy doesn't do much anymore. He is in the ground. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but my father was a paranormal investigator, a Bigfoot 
hunter and spent his entire life working in the steel mills. So, well, you your go. dad did a lot. Your dad did some. Cool. I mean, he was sounds like a hard worker and um, sounds like a good man. So, but you, you yourself, you sound extremely busy. Like you have a lot on your plate, which, uh, like, wow. So, so not just a horror author, not just a horror like uh, a fiend, a fanatic, but you you write, you edit, and you're kind of like it sounds like you're you're in a position where you're like maybe publishing others, right? I am indeed. I have two anthologies out now under the brand that I have, and I just published a collection for my first um, author that isn't me. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Wow! Look at that! Look at that! And how was I that? Have a day job. Like like uh, oh, well a day job on top of that. So you have a lot of things you have to shuffle there. So what was it mm-hmm. like uh, publishing uh, somebody else? Was uh, what, what was it like for you? Um, um a little bit nerve wracking, but not overly so because I had the two anthologies under my belt, which are a whole lot more stressful. Because there's a whole lot of moving parts and different authors you have to work with. And in this last case, I was only working with one. So it was not quite as bad. Okay. I mean, was it a weird transition from going from writing your own stuff and publishing your own uh, and editing your own stuff from uh, going from now to like, I guess, working for other authors? No. No, I actually. I think I like to do that as much as I like to write my own stuff. So it was it was fine. Um, a, a, anything that has t- to do with words, I like, so it's all good. Okay, okay. And, and why horror? Like, why? What, what's the draw of fascination with horror? Because, like, you could probably be making even more money doing other things, like writing romance. Not because you're a woman, but, I mean, as a guy, I myself know that... You know, if you have some titles out there of a certain type under a pen name, you know, they're kind of nice, you know? Uh, so why horror? Why horror? Well, my original answer is always I was raised on it. So um, as I mentioned, my father was a paranormal investigator. So it was... Um, so you have it in your family well, there? My mom and dad. Hmm. So you kind of have it in your family. You kind of have, you're kind of exposed to like, I guess the kind of creepy side of things. Always. And I was raised on all the classic films and the old monster movies and the B movies. And we had one TV in the house and it was, you watched what dad watched or you went outside or you went and did something else. So he watched horror or he watched sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What, What was his horror movie? What was the horror movie that, uh, that that your dad watch? Um, he watched them all. Like he loved them all. But my, the one that really I think gave me the original thrill to where I knew that this was something I was gonna love was the original thing that wait, made wait. me scared crap out that, of me and I was like eight. When you say the original thing, you're not thing. talking about. Yes. You're talking about the black and white I, one? No, I, I was about eight. So what What that would have been 1986. Okay. 84? So you're talking about the, the version that most people 
pretty much most people reference when they talk about the thing, the 1982. Uh, yeah, Sean yeah. Carpenter, right? Yeah. Yes. With, uh, Kurt yes. Russell. Yeah. Yes. That fantastic that movie. Fantastic. And I loved it, and it scared the crap out of me. And I had nightmares for weeks, and I was only about eight. And then I would, I can honestly say that since that time, I've probably have seen it a hundred times. Oh yeah, it's a good movie to rewatch. Uh, and I found this oh, yeah. too. Like when you rewatch yeah. it, there's little things that you might have missed. Um, Every time, it's kind of like it, the, the big mystery at the end too. Is kind of like well, between Childs. Uh, played by Keith David and Kurt Russell, which one of them is really the thing? There's so many theories out there that Kurt Russell himself could actually be infected. He could actually right. be the thing. He just doesn't even right. know it. Uh, a lot of a lot of cool theories that dive into it. There's plenty of videos out there. I had fun watching them. Good stuff. Um, yeah, good good movie. Good movie. So so that's how you got your dive into horror. Uh, you kind of already your family is into paranormal stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that here definitely. But um, now you, as a horror author, you have uh, Bishop is a title that I looked at, and what I saw from the cover is it looks like it is a book about uh, a were beast, a were bear. Is that is that right? Yes. Okay. So what what do you know about were bears? Because we're not talking about werewolves. You're like, werewolves are done and overplayed. What, what do I know about them? What I made yeah. up, of course. <laughs> so, I wanted to do a different twist on the traditional werewolf or the shapeshifter lore, if you will. And the werebear idea came to me from a friend of mine who... Um, the idea was actually his. And I knew that if I read enough of the lore, I would find enough connections to the shapeshifters and why certain Indian tribes could change into certain types. Okay. Werewolf, this happened to come up mostly in the horror industry just because, I mean, you can't get much scarier than a werewolf. But hundreds of years before that, there have always been legends of the Native American tribes that could shapeshift depending on what tribe they were with and um, their bloodline and what spirit... Um, animal that they had selected as their guide. Okay. And I came along a couple of stories to where the bloodlines would change based on their ancestors, whatever that chief had changed into. And in the character that I used, the tribe he was from, they changed into a bear. A bear. A massive Kodiak bear. And that's just what they changed into. Yeah. But when, I don't want to give too much of it away, but there's a reason why he never, there's a reason why he changed to that and wasn't able to change and do anything else. Because in that particular tribe, as they grow and are taught how to call upon their own spirit guide, 
they are capable of changing into something of their own choosing, but there's a reason why he was never taught that. Okay. So, so, so you, did, you did some research here. It wasn't just like, oh, it was like he was bitten by That's a bear it. and then the bear was infected and now he turns into a werebear. No, no, no. It was like no, he no, went no. into the lore of uh, like skinwalkers, of, of a Native mm-hmm. American, exactly. uh, I guess, uh, would it be said to say traditions or Native American lore? or uh, Native American lore, rituals, customs, okay. traditions. Um, I'm actually um, half Native American as well, so I'm okay. so I'm a mixed race, so, and so that's you, always so you know about yeah. skinwalkers. Wow. Oh, what do you know about skinwalkers, uh, Candace? I mean, I don't have any personal experience because I'm also adopted, but I I am familiar with the um the lore and the legends and stuff like that. But I don't have okay. any personal experience or anything yet. Okay. Would like to, but <laughs> uh, the Skidwalker thing is is very fascinating. So when when so the bishop or the 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 character the werebear in this book uh, mm-hmm. is he able to he has a human form too and he kind of shifts back and forth or is he is he permanently yeah. that werebear? He can change. He change. Okay. He All can right. go. Um, he is a full man, and he can go to a full bear. Okay. And in the middle. All right. And is it something that causes like a like a full moon, or is it just kind of like it just comes up whenever he can? Um, he can change whenever he needs to. So he calls upon his um, ancestors' bloodline within him to bring on the change. So. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting. So yeah, I like I like all the research you did on this. Uh, it's really cool. You kind of it, you know you don't have to settle for like I guess the campy reason you know to, to explain it all. It kind of has some like deep deep lore there. Kind of cool. Now uh, a story like this, and I read the preview, and I want to definitely purchase a copy of this tonight. In, in the chat, this is this isn't uh, this isn't pre-recorded. If you have questions for Candice or related to Skinwalkers or whatever, feel free to ask in the chat. Okay. Uh, but I was reading the preview, and I have to say, and I'm not not trying to like you know kiss your ass or anything, but it it, it grabbed my attention immediately. Like the prologue within like the first paragraph, like the second paragraph in, it was like instantly you already have something insane happening. You already have like tremendous loss happening, and it was told in like uh, in a way that just felt so real. Like I was there, and in and I witnessed like the the family. Get, get mauled essentially you know yeah really good really good stuff um, thanks I, I take it from that that this book has a lot of uh pretty extreme stuff would that would that be safe to say mm. um I wouldn't say extreme okay so, uh, so the violence one, is not extreme no this one is definitely more of a mainstream horror Mainstream it can horror. be read okay. by anyone from like twelve up. Like it, it's not. I don't think it. Well, there's a couple parts where some younger people may have a nightmare, <laughs> but it's not gratuitous graphic mm-hmm. gore. It's 
There's definitely some violence in it, but right. it's there for a reason, and the violence is well played out. And the way it's written, it more or less unfolds like an action film. Okay. So, but it has no more extreme than um, American Werewolf in Lo- London or any of those. Okay. So. Okay. I don't think this one would qualify as like extreme though. It, it's a lot more so, mainstream. So, so not extreme. It's mainstream uh, sort of horror, uh, but there are some brutal moments in it. Um, some, yeah. some real intense Very moments. Very much. Yeah. There. Okay. Um, other than the prologue, um, are there some scenes, some situations that you could tease us with? In case for those listening that might be on the fence about about this book about about Bishop. Oh well. Well, if you like survival stories, this is definitely one of those, um, which I like. And the whole thing is set out in the woods, so your chances are already slim to none. It's set in the middle of a blizzard in Alaska, so again, your chances are slim to none. And you have a werebear in there that you know of, so what is his purpose, right? So there's something else in there that he needs to take care of. Right. He's not the only monster in the book. Oh, okay. Oh, is there yeah. like a... So there's other... Are there going to be other cryptids in this book, like a, like a Bigfoot? There's, like a a, there's a blood feud in the book. A there, there's, there's a, Yes, there, there is... There is something that he needs to confront before it can get to our missing t- t- teenager in the book okay. that he has a feud with. Okay. Uh, so it comes to okay. kill. If I, or if I guess killed. it right, you're going to have to say, you're, you, just let me know, okay? All right. Because you're probably not going to okay. tell me, but I'm going to put some wild guess out there, okay? Um, I get three chances. You're cool with that? Three chances, I guess? Yeah. All right. Um, you want me to tell you if you're right? Yeah, yeah. Just tell okay. me if I'm right, uh, if I'm okay. getting close, and all that. Uh, is it this or this werebear? Is he fighting? Does he have a blood feud with with Bigfoot with a Yeti? No. Okay. All right. What? Okay. Is the blood feud with? It's it's uh, the story set place in Alaska. Uh, what else could be in Alaska? Mm. Are you sure it's not the abominable snowman? Like the abominable, not like not the abominable. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. How about this? How about this? How about this? Uh, have you ever seen the horror movie uh, Jack Frost with the, the little yeah. cursed snowman that like goes into people's homes and tries to murder them? What about that? Is that is that this blood feud? No. Oh, okay. Not no. Well, I tried. Oh, I tried. Yeah, that might have been fun. It, it's a it's a lizard person, isn't it? It's a li- somehow the lizard person is able to survive Alaska. Uh, that was four four tries. Okay, okay, all right, we're good, we're good. But but the uh, other the other is also has very heavy roots in lore. So ancient oh. lore, um, something as old as he is, as old as his tribe more so yeah it's a very ancient feud there so okay well 
I put my guesses out there. I'm just going to have to figure it out. But we didn't even get into, like, we got a little bit of what the book is about, the were-bear, the were-beast. But, you know, what is the story really about, Bishop? Bishop. Well, I mean, he is our main our main character in the book. But the story is about a man named Troy who gets a phone call that his sister and his niece have gone missing up in uh, Alaska. They went there on an extreme adventure camping trip because his niece wants to someday climb Mount Everest. So her her mother are very much into extreme outdoor sports and hiking and climbing and being out in the snow and all of that. So, of course, he makes the trip from Washington up to Alaska. He's a very determined man. He's very much, like, used to having his own way. And his sister and his niece is all he has left. His mom and dad are not there anymore. It's just them. And he wants to join the search. He wants to get answers. And he once he goes up there, he learns that the... One of the top experts in the area that would be the most likely one to help him is a very reclusive man that is not very sociable, not very friendly at all, and even better than that, no one knows where he is or where he can be found. That's Bishop. Of course, Troy's like, well, I need Bishop, obviously, because I want the best. I need him, and if he's going to be my best hope, then that's who I want. So, of course, they spend some time trying to find him to no avail. And uh, but of course he does enter the story because mm. <laughs> it's Bishop, and it goes on from there to see if he can help Troy find his niece and his sister before this other creature does. And that is a good story right there. A race of time, race to to save save her before this other creature, this other beast, whatever it is, uh, gets gets his claws on her. Right, so you have a race against time, and you have a race against weather, the elements. Yeah, that was going to ask you too. That being that this book is set in Alaska, which is a very uh, severe climate uh, environment, it it looks nice. You know, people say Alaska is beautiful, and I suppose they're right. But like, I don't like the cold. I don't really like snow that much. I'll just take the word for it. You know, (laughs) same. Same. I mean, it's like if you're lost in Alaska, if you're on the run, like you're trapped out in the wilderness, good luck anyone helping you. Like you're probably going to die before anyone knows that you're even lost before they even put out a search party, right? Right. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, Alaska is one of those places where if you wanted to get, if you wanted to murder a lot of people, uh, be a serial killer uh, and dump bodies. Alaska would be the place to do it. And I say this because there's a serial killer who did that, and he did it quite a, quite a while. He just slipped up because yeah. one ran away, as, as it always happens. Uh, the Butcher right. Baker. You know about the Butcher Baker? Hmm? Oh, yeah, the Butcher Baker. He was he was insane. Um, really vile, ruthless. And Alaska was like his, his turf. Right. It's so brutal, Candace. Like you, you can get lost, and just die to the environment. And then you have like nighttime for like six months in certain parts. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good, good place life. to be. 
Why, why did they say yeah. Alaska's beautiful? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. Because <laughs> it is. It's wild. You have I'm just miles and miles and miles of just untouched land and you have so many different landscapes and environments and you have the mountains you have the coast right there you have the sea you have the rainforest environment happening you have just a little bit of everything is up there and it is a really beautiful place but it's harsh it's definitely not for the weak (laughs) the faint heart (laughs) I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't think so it seems like a place where you'd you'd have to be really hardened to survive there. I mean, you can't be some runaway. Like, right? It's just. I mean, is is that the reason why you chose Alaska? Were you looking for an environment that was like, like harsh and severe, where the wilderness itself is uh, is worth kind of like the thing? You know, the thing is set, set in um, what uh, Antarctica. Yeah. So it's like okay. Yeah. That, that environment there, you're isolated and you're you're on your own, and the environment is going to kill you, like it, like right. you're going to die there. That was partly it, but I needed a location too where the lore would make sense. So the lore behind our main character in the book makes sense because there are plenty of indigenous tribes that are still there. And the lore for what he goes up against is also found nearby in in the area to where it would be plausible that it has it could be found there. Mm. Okay. So I needed somewhere where the lore would make sense, but where the environment would be every bit as deadly as what the other entity is. So. Right. Well, it's definitely. A severe environment. You chose the environment right. Uh, do you know about the Alaska Triangle? This is something I've discovered right before doing this stream. It's insane. I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently, I guess people disappear quite a bit in Alaska. Um, uh, I mean, it's, I guess, famous for, it's a remote area famous for, like, uh, alien abductions, Bigfoot sightings, wow. paranormal you know what? I I knew that, and I stumbled across some information on that when I was doing the research as well. But you know what? Now that you mentioned that also, wasn't Paranormal Activity 2 or 3 filmed there? And that was based on real events because the woman's daughter went missing, and there were six or eight people in that town in Alaska that went missing too while she was up there as a... Um, was a woman who was a psychiatrist up there in Paranormal 2 or 3 was based on her actual story. I think. I don't remember that. Hold on. Hold on. Definitely hold on, one of the Paranormal Activity movies. <laughs> what? You tell me that one of the Paranormal Activity movies actually had um, a connection to something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Whoa. Yep. I, I got to I mean, chat, do you know? I mean, chat asked me some things uh, that kind of, like, bust my balls a little bit. And I kind of I kind of expect them to, want them to. Um, do you know about a horror movie? I don't know, like a space horror movie with, with a watermelon? I don't know what the melon. I'm not sure what they're talking about. I don't know. Space horror movie? I don't know. Of 1992? I don't, I don't know what they're talking about there. <laughs> What's the like, name of it? Real? Like, what are we talking about? I mean, 
I know I, 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 before doing this, we talked about a Basket Case, which is an insane movie. Yeah, man. yeah Basket Case is, Basket is incredible. Um, <laughs> uh, and that was like, what, in Basket Case, the, the scene that comes to mind, I don't know about for you, but for me, it is the uh, the scene where the, the Basket Case monster is getting, he's, he's eating getting that girl out, her. isn't he? He's eating the lady out. <laughs> he's getting frisky, yeah. He's getting frisky, <laughs> man. He's getting laid. He's, oh, yeah. Man, he was an evil little bastard. Like <laughs> he's an evil little bastard, but I mean, there's something charming about him. Has to be. I mean, uh, he, he got married, right? Did yeah, <laughs> on the bride. Yeah, I mean, if, if a if a basket creature, a basket monster, like in basket case, can get married, then then you know those I guess incel types that are like, oh, I'm so ugly, I'm not a Chad, I can never get laid. What are you doing, man? Just just try it. Okay, you know. Well, maybe they should jump in a basket and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. Become a become a basket monster. <laughs> become a basket monster. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay, that was just silly. But going back to Alaska stuff, there's something. I wanted, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The Alaskan Triangle. Uh, you mentioned the paranormal activity thing. I'm not sure about that. I def- definitely would love to be fact checked on that. Um, you could possibly write, you know, be right there. It's just. Alaska is a place where there's a lot of disappearances. It is, it is crazy how easy it is for people to just disappear. I look, uh, wrote something here. I'm not sure how accurate this is. It's estimated like 16,000 people, including airplane passengers, hikers, locals, tourists, have disappeared within the Alaska Triangle uh, since uh, 1988. Uh, so uh, that's quite a bit, quite a bit there. It seems pretty easy to just disappear. You know, with that, with that environment and how harsh it is, do you think, um, do you think I would stand a chance? (laughs) I wouldn't stand a chance. Well, that was my next question. If if we were together, if you and I were survival team, okay, uh, we're we're out there. Okay. It's a survivor, like extreme. Okay. And we have to survive. Like, are we surviving? Like, what are we doing, Candace? What are we doing? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, yeah, you would have a chance if you were if you were with me. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What skills do you have? What's your skill set? My father was a hunter, a hiker, very much outdoors man. I was raised in the woods. I was raised hiking and fishing, and I can skin a deer. I can cut meat up. I can start a fire. I can cut wood i can i know how to stay warm from the elements i know how to build a shelter out of snow and pine um pine branches and uh that's where a lot of the survival tips in the book itself come from because i made the uh the 14 year old she's a bit of a survival um i won't say expert yet but that's kind of her thing and a lot of what I know how to do that my father taught me, I put into the book. And she has this little fascination with how to survive in the elements. So there's a lot of those little things in there that I worked into her character in the book. Which is why she survives probably a lot longer than <laughs> than any other 14-year-old would. So... 
So you you, you have skills. Problem. You have skills, and you know what you're talking about when you're when you're writing about those skills. So it sounds like you mm-hmm. would be the alpha, is what I'm hearing, Candace. You would be the alpha. Uh, I would be oh, the wait, one man. who stays at camp, takes <laughs> care of things. Okay. Yeah. Um, fresh water. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll find fresh water for us. Okay. Yeah. I'll make sure things are nice at home. You know, nice at the campsite. Okay. And, and you do all the all the heavy hunting and and all that stuff. Okay. Oh okay. well. Uh, <laughs> so we can survive. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I like this. I don't know if we're gonna survive the whole time, but we're certainly not gonna die the first night or two. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Well at least survive like three nights. Long enough to see a cryptid. Yeah. Long enough to see yeah. a cryptid. I think if we're gonna find a cryptid anywhere like Bigfoot or like like a Yeti, I think it would be Alaska. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I think you can find a lot of things out, out there, but I, I would think if you're going to go hunt anything of that type, your best chance would be somewhere that's as wild as it can be. I don't think I'm going to find one walking, you know, downtown Pit- Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe that's a good camp. Oh, maybe it's a Yeti. A Bigfoot walking down downtown Pittsburgh, like dressed as like uh, in a Halloween costume or something. You know, maybe he has uh, dressed as Michael Myers or whatever. I mean, you would you wouldn't even know. It'd be a dis- a disguise. They're probably not. Be like one hell of a big Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really convincing. <laughs> like, oh crap, damn dude, he's jacked now. What happened? It'd be like the Rob Zombie Michael Myers. Uh, that's what it'd be. All right, damn, that's hey, you've seen that movie, right? Everyone's seen that movie. The Rob Zombie. Halloween remake. It's like, how, how did that? How did that? I'm just going to say this. It's going to sound kind of crass, Candace, but how did that kind of pudgy little kid become so freaking jacked on a diet of, you know, what they would feed you at a, in, a, in a psych ward, which would not be much. Maybe a combination of meds and wanting to throw people through a wall, and maybe he just lifted his cot a whole bunch of times in the room, or. I don't know. I, I that's don't crazy, know. Right? Because, yeah. Like, that's yeah. one of those things. I'm thinking back on, you know, there's certain horror movies, certain things where you're like, how does that make any sense? How did he get so jacked? How did he become such a freaking. This comes monster? out like fit and was in shape and yeah. just you know, muscle bound. <laughs> like, if you ever worked at a psych facility or, or you know, seen what, what they feed you, it, it's scraps. I was, in, I was in a facility for like five years. Okay. It, it's pretty much. You know, ham and cheese sandwich, um, some sides. It's no, no protein, hardly any protein. Yeah. So it's horrible. Very soft foods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, whatever, what other cryptids do you think would find? Because it sounds like you believe in cryptids. Like you think you think they are real. I think it can be, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, what else would we find in Alaska? I think you could venture out if we're gonna do our we hunting together, uh, looking for uh, a yeti or the abominable abominable (laughs) snowman. We could look for what about Mothman? You think we'd find a Mothman? I don't know if we would find a Mothman there, according to his lore, though. He tends to be around warmer places, right? Yeah. I don't know if we would actually find a sort of Mothman type creature, but we might find a troll. A troll, definitely. Definitely a troll. Uh, We would see a troll, and it would be horrible. Um, 
I don't Thank think we would survive that. No, you you might. might survive that. You... I might. Yeah, but not me. I'd, if anything, I would try. I would try to see if I could become the troll's uh, bitch, and maybe I can comfort him. Maybe the troll. So I don't think he'd last long as his bitch. I don't, because they're like mountain size. So one night of comfort, and yeah, I don't. You'd be no more. <laughs> That's it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, you I'm, gonna oh. need some, I'm gonna need some massive surgery. Oh my god, it's good. Oh, I'm dead. Massive. I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> Just... Yeah, one, one way or the other. One way or the other. You're, you're not lasting long that night. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh. But yeah, cryptids is something that always fascinated me. It's like this idea that these these strange creatures that kind of look like something we're familiar with, but they're different, could exist. I, th- I think so. Because, like, we haven't seen everything. I don't think we've seen everything. And there's uh, different mutations of dogs and things, you know, basic stuff that, yeah, maybe maybe a chupacabra does exist. Maybe there's a dog out there that sucks blood from a from a goat. Might be. Maybe. You know? What about... All kinds of things out there, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I just try to keep an open mind. Just because the world is gigantic. Like, there's no way we know everything that is out there. And we haven't explored every single surface nook and cranny and cave and volcano and underground system or ocean or lake like you you can't honestly say that we know absolutely everything that lives on the earth let alone in the ocean right right i mean we we still have much more of of ocean depth to explore like we don't even like what was it we know more about space than we do about our own oceans it's crazy right uh you know and people people will will be quick in the comments or whenever we talk about this stuff to be like oh but we have satellites we can see everything it's like like not in force, man. Like, do do you understand that satellite imagery can't penetrate through freaking trees? Okay, right. All right, like thick, thick trees, like the wilderness that you would imagine in like a rainforest, thick forest, okay. Alaska. Yeah, right. Underground cave systems, like they can't see down in there. Like, they... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I guess they think it, it can somehow, but it's like, okay, guy, you play too many video games. You're like, you watch a lot of sci-fi stuff. You, you, okay, we're not doing that. We don't have that stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. The idea that there's some weird, strange, uh, outlying creatures uh, is definitely, definitely real. I think so. I mean, possibility. Oh, one, one other thing here about the, the cryptid topic is. Do you have a favorite cryptid? Do I have a favorite? I don't think I've ever been asked that one before. Um. I mean, your dad was a Bigfoot hunter. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. Um, I would say that one's probably my favorite legend, I think. Probably because I grew up listening to tales of Bigfoot and stories about Bigfoot and all of that, but I am rather partial to the Mothman and the Goatman or the Goatmen, goat I believe, because there's more than one of those. I think those are fascinating and bizarre <laughs> creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, like, 
Bigfoot would have to be my favorite just because of my dad and all all the stories and the man could tell you some campfire tales to be sure so i mean those would be good some good tales to hear uh i mean there's there's what you mentioned there were pretty you know pretty good examples of, of cryptids uh, i have to say the mothman is really really good uh i mean that seems to be a favorite uh, when you, mm. people see the mothman you know something bad is about to happen uh the go man's interesting. Yeah. The go man's something that like, like even, even ancient civilizations have like referenced the go man in, in various ways. Like, I mean, I mean, so maybe, maybe it could be real. Oh, hmm. I think it is. Now, being that your dad was in paranormal stuff and your family was in paranormal stuff. What do you know about shadow people, Candace? Shadow people. Shadow people. Let's get into the shadows. I know they're real. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Now you're talking to a skeptic here who had a short on this channel that was, it got, it was actually kind of, it got a lot of views for, for a short. And okay. I always thought that shadow people was like tied to like, well, let me put it this way. Uh, if you see shadow people, you might be using crystal, crystal meth. Is that true? Like, is is it connected with that? Like, do I have to use meth to see shadow people? Is what I'm, what I'm asking you, Candace. Nope. No. So I, I could I could see shadow people without using crystal meth. Okay. How? So, where do you live? State? Uh, Texas. Great state of Texas. I think shadow people are allowed here. Yeah. If you go to, um, if you really want to see one and become, you know, join me in this and not be a skeptic, you should uh, travel up to Waverly Hills. I believe it's in Kentucky? Yes. Yeah, that's that's where the, the hospital was at, right? Waverly Hills. Yes, sir. Waverly Hills. You will see them everywhere. Everywhere. It's not a trick of light. It's not a special effect. It's not shadows moving from outside trees and interference. You will see people walking back and forth in the hallways, up and down the hallways, out in front of you. You will see them, men, women, children. You will see them everywhere, every floor. They're there. Multiple occurrences documented. Almost every visitor there on an overnight tour has seen them. Overnight investigations have, have been there. Paranormal investigations of all kinds on TV and otherwise have been there. There are multiple pictures of them there. My parents were there. My daughter were there. They've seen all of them. I have seen them before, but I wasn't at the Waverly Hills um, investigation. We were, when I was with them, we went to an investigation up here. There's a place called Newcastle, and there was an old asylum there. I forget the uh, Hillcrest Manor, I believe was the name of it. 
and it was a work home for a long time like the poor or a poor house as it was called back then it was an asylum for a long time and then it changed hands again and became a nursing home at some point so it's been there about 200 years and it has a long history of people that have died both by natural causes and mysteriously and several murders and things have happened over the years and um we were there and we went we were locked in it was just us it was my mom and dad it was me it was my oldest who i believe was I could be lying, I'm not lying, but I could be wrong on her age. I think she was like 23 at the time that we, when we went. And we were the only group there. We were locked in for the night and we were at opposite ends of this hallway. It's black, no lights on at all. It was the middle of the night. It was about three in the morning. And we are in a residential hall. So up and down the hallway, you have rooms, you know, you have your little rooms on each side. And at the far end of the hall was a lounge room. So it it spread the length of the unit on that side. And there were some couches and things back there. There were some windows back there. And then the opposite end had the same. But I was standing in the doorway of one of the rooms and we were watching the hallway. My father had a laser grid. Okay. I don't know if you've seen one of them in, in use, but you expand it and it's this little small light and you can expand it on the end and it'll set up a laser grid. It's all green and it looks like the squares and it's a whole grid that aims down the hallway. So when you see something walking past it, it'll break up that light. So, so we were standing there just watching the grid and we were all there. And there they were, just walking back and forth. And after a while, like, we had been in there for a long time. So your eyes adjust because there's very faint light. So your eyes adjust. And you can absolutely see them when they walk back and forth. And there were quite a few walking from one room across the hallway into the other room. They would come out of one room and walk down the hallway into the lounge. And they'd go around the bend and then you'd see some more coming up. And they, we were the only four people in the entire place this night. There was nobody else there, not even the staff. There was not any staff. There's a caretaker that lives in a, not a connected unit, but there's a little house next to it where they live. But we were the only four people in this room, in this place that night. There were multiples. And then another fun fact, during this same time while we were standing there watching the laser grid, Mm -hmm. I'm standing in the doorway again, just like, you know, you see this one here. So I'm standing there and I'm leaning against a frame because it's during the morning and I'm like tired, you know. And behind me, from the room behind me, I hear footsteps. I'm not moving because I'm trying not to freak out because, I mean, this is what we're here for, right? And I know the room was empty because I did check the room out. I did have my flashlight. There was nobody in this room, but I hear footsteps. And then there's a presence beside me right here, right here. A very large man um, breathing in my ear, like breathing, heavy breathing in my ear. And then... 
I could feel like I could feel the person there. And I'm just standing there. I was like, okay. And I'm just waiting to see what was going to happen. Because at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to move because this is cool. But I'm terrified. But this is cool. But I'm terrified. <laughs> and his presence is just there. And then I hear the footsteps again. And it went out of the room and down the hallway. And it broke up that light. And then, yeah, it went, it went on. And Oh, like, like you, weren't, you weren't worried that it was going to like hurt you? In any way? No. No. Do you, do you know of any situations where... We were all immediately after I left the room and I went down to where my mother was. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you aware of any situations where, where a ghost or a shadow person has, has harmed somebody? Um, There are stories and my mom and dad definitely had some stories there are um evil entities out there there are evil spirits out there there are um spirits that will try to hurt you that will try to cause you harm because the person they were in life is basically the person they are in their afterlife they're angry they're very violent or mean they do they try to do things to hurt you, but the truth of the matter is the vast majority can't generate the energy to harm you. Um, you may feel a heavy uh, presence, like heaviness. Okay. It can drain you, like mentally. Like you'll all of a sudden feel like overwhelming depression or anger or sadness fatigue like they can be very mentally they can wear you down like that only the strongest the very strongest ones are able to like pick up small things maybe throw them at you or cause things to fall off the walls like different things like that but these aren't usually things that can happen consistently because it takes a lot of energy so i got a couple questions here what the story told me about the about the grid thing, like mm-hmm. now, how do we know that like it was f- figures moving back and forth and not something else like some sort of? You can um, see them. Your yeah. eyes adjusted. You can fully see the outline of a man or a woman. You can see arms and legs and heads and you know. And like see- when you say see them, like like how how clearly are they? Like like do you have to squint to see them? Are they kind of faint? Like, what what are we talking about here? They're clear. So imagine if you were walking down a tart hallway. Okay. And one room at the far end has a light in it, right? So you're in the dark hallway, and then you see a person walk past the lighted part. You wouldn't be able to see them plain as day because you're too far away. But in the dark hallway where you are, you can plainly see their outline, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what they look like. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. in in what what is a shadow person really? I mean, is it spirit? A spirit. Energy. Okay. And when you say spirit, I mean, what what does that mean? Is that like a soul? Is that uh, just person that doesn't know that they've died. Okay. Stuck they either don't know they've died. They don't want to accept that they've died. They don't want to move on. They're not ready to move on. 
they're just here. They're, they're, they're still here going about their routine. And I asked this because, like, I've been intrigued by this topic for, for a good while. Um, I used to dabble in a lot of the kind of, I guess some may say kind of fringe and weird stuff, like Wiccan stuff. And uh, I kind of was kind of aware of spirits and, and things like that. But I never actually saw one. I tried many ways to channel them, to bring them to me. It just never really happened. Um, you can't call them. And uh, I wonder, is is it is it something like in, in your bloodline that helps you see them? Is it is, is there like a, is there a reason why certain people can't see them at all? Like, that's what I'm getting well, at. Well, it would depend on where you are. Is there a reason why there would be a shadow person where you are? So... Are you in a haunted house? Did somebody pass away there recently, violently, any time in the past? Um, maybe tra tra tragically? They, not everyone who passes away that becomes a shadow person or an entity or evil spirit or whatever, they don't all have to die in a horrible way, but it's usually a violent death or something very sad like a child who suddenly dies and wasn't ready to die and didn't know they were going to die or things like that. Like those tend to be the ones who don't know they're dead, don't know how to move on, aren't ready to move on. Um, so it all depends on where you are. Like what type of history does that location have? How recent mm. was, how recently did that person die? Okay. Um, I was, how willing are you to accept what you may not want to accept? Well, because... yeah, that's what's gonna. Yeah, that's what's getting at. Like, have you ever found yourself in situations where you see a shadow person, but someone around you does not see it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, because I'm kind of kind of curious about like why they wouldn't be able to see it if it's because they're not willing to accept it, or if there's something like. Like they just cannot really. see it at all. Like maybe some like physical attribute where they just cannot see it. Um, they can see them, but they're they they tell themselves it was a trick of the light. It was a shadow from outside. It was this. It was that. It was you know the moon passing through a cloud passing hmm. over the moon. It was, I kind of I kind of wonder about that, Candice. And I'll tell you things. what, because you know not all. You know, with our vision, not everyone sees color the same way. Not everyone sees the same way, period. Um, right? That's there's, uh, there's different little things that happen. You know, you know, people need glasses to, to correct their vision. So would it be possible, um, not only is it that they just can't accept it, but they just cannot even see it at all? Is that a possibility, oh, yeah. too? Yeah. yeah, because you have those people that are colorblind they don't have good vision they can't pick up on it as clearly as others there can be a whole host of reasons why generally speaking though we're taught that those things do not exist right so let yeah. me ask let me ask you this since we're on the subject of this have you ever been around a baby an infant who just stares at a light and smiles and smiles or stares heavily at one section of the room, corner of the room, and they're just smiling and waving and talking and babbling. There's uh, nothing there. I've heard stories There's like that. My, my kids have not done that. Um, 
for a small for a small child that's like three or four or five you, you know or they say or the imaginary friend oh my imaginary friend says oh no but yet if you observe them they're watching something in the corner of the room or they're like actively talking to something mm. that only they can see and we just laugh it off as oh they have an imaginary friend no it's because when we're young like that we're not yet taught that those things don't exist mm. interesting so it's not until we start telling our adults that hey i see do you see that do you see that and then we kind of laugh them off and we're like oh you're cute you got an imaginary friend and then like as kids we're taught that oh they don't see that or that's not okay or that's not acceptable so we learn how to turn that sense off there's a lot of theories out there that we are all born with a little bit of esp a little bit of telepathy, if you will, we're all born somewhat sensitive to the spirit world itself because we literally just came out of it, right? So we're taught as kids that, you know, that's not okay, that's not acceptable, that's not real because adults can no longer see it because they themselves were also taught and have grown out of that. We don't see it, we don't acknowledge it, we don't recognize it, it's no longer there. So it's not as obvious anymore the older we are unless you continue to be open-minded or unless you do happen to be more sensitive to the energy around you, the spirit world, yeah. or open to what you're really experiencing. <laughs> you, know, you know, from what you said, I definitely agree that some people are definitely a lot more sensitive to it than others. Uh, I don't think I'm sensitive to it. But I've, I've met people who are. Um, <laughs> I told this story before, just kind of personal in a way. But I had this this girlfriend at the time, and uh, I was at my house. Parents were gone, and you know, you guess you kind of have an idea what was going on, right? Um, uh, mm. Active in my room, so to speak. The door was wide open, and in the middle of it, she like freaked out. She panicked. I was like, "What's what's going on?" She was like, "There's someone watching us," and she legit reacted as if like my dad had come home or my parents have come home and like caught us in the act you know um but no there was no one there there was no one home there was like no one in the doorway i'm like there's no one there you know she's like no 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 no. there's someone right there he's he's watching us i'm like i'm like looking i was like i mean do you do you want him to join i i I don't see anything it was kind of mean what i said she didn't like that so (laughs) i was just like "I, i just don't see it i don't see it i don't see it but Clearly she did, and she reacted in a way that was like it was like very convincing that something was a little strange. And uh, to this day, I, I still look at that and wonder, you know, what, what did she see? You know, what happened there? Uh, she she tend to be a little bit more sensitive to seeing things and and like that too. So now, do you think some people may say as a rebuttal to this, all this that we're talking about is? Could it just be our mind playing tricks on us or on people when they see shadow people? Um, you can go with that if you want, if it makes you feel better. But is that my answer? Am I going to accept that? No. Um, because I happen to know that they're real. I happen to know that there are other things out there that exist beyond what most people are willing to accept. 
because I was raised around it. I grew up with it. I have multiple experiences with the actual spirit world and I'm not afraid of it anymore. Um, I, I know how to go about it. I know the proper things to do if you want to go on a paranormal investigation, if you will, so certain things cannot attach themselves to you and attack you or follow you home and different things. There are things that you need to do to protect yourself against the ones that you don't want to interact with. But um, I also know that not everyone is able to accept it or want to know about it or they're just going to laugh it off and that's fine. I don't judge anyone. I just know what I have seen and what I have experienced and what my family has experienced okay. and I have multiple multiple accounts and years of things, I guess you could say. And you shared a personal and, you shared a very personal story before we went live about this. Um do do you care to mm -hmm. to share that here? Can. It is uh, th this, this is the reason why, I mean, this convinced me that the shadow people do exist. Uh, I just haven't seen them. And on that topic, I wonder if like something is like I shouldn't see them. You know, I'll get more about that. I'll get, I'll get more into that after you tell your your, your story. So, um, why am I so convinced that all of this is real and that spirits exist? <laughs> all right. So personal story here, um, for all of you who, uh, might be listening out there when I was 24 ish in 1991, no, 1990, 1999, Jesus, 1999, August 25th, my brother died violently and um, without going into the details of all of that, that very same night we were at my mom and dad's and going through, you know, the motions and things like you will and everybody is kind of just in shock and all of that and it was about 10 o'clock at night. I'm wide awake. Everyone else is wide awake because, of course, no one is ready to go to sleep. But what else are you going to do? You know, it's like right. you got to try to deal. So I'm in my room, my old childhood room, which was weird. And my mom and dad had, um, we had, at the time, there was carpeting on the floor, almost like a shag carpeting, the kind you can kind of hear shag. when you walk across it. Yeah, right? And the door to this room was, it fits so tightly against the floor that every time it opened, you could hear it kind of slide across it and stuff. And it had been that way ever since I was little. So I'm in my room, I'm laying on the bed, and the door opens all the way. You can hear shh open. You can hear footsteps, and I'm just laying there thinking it's one of my kids, it's my mom. I'm in no mood to, like, turn over and see who it was yet. I'm thinking, all right, well, they're just going to come over here with me because my kids were there, my mom was there, everyone was there. And I don't, like, no one speaks because I was like, oh, 
I said, are you okay? I think is what I asked because I'm thinking I'm talking to my mom or one of my kids or whatever. And there wasn't an answer. So I kind of look a little bit and there's no one there. But the edge of the bed goes down. Like dips down. Okay. My brother was 6'3 and weighed a good 325 pounds. This is not a small man. He sat on my bed, on the edge of the bed. The bed itself dipped down, and I could feel his hand right here. He's like, it's going to be okay. Heard his voice, plain as day. Could smell him. Now, by the smell, I'm. it's not a pleasant smell at the time because he had just died, and like I said, it was bad. Um, there was a very heavy, very heavy smell of blood, Um and underneath that was the aftershave that he wore all the time. But the most overpowering was the scent of blood. And I was scared and I was freaked out, but I knew I was awake. I'd been awake the whole time. My eyes were open. There was nobody there. I saw the bed dip down. I'm looking at the indent in my bed as I'm laying there and he's sitting there. And I could feel him. I could feel him just like I can feel this. I could felt his hand. I felt his touch. My skin turned warm where his hand was. I could feel him. And he said, I'm going to go check on mom. He stands up. The bed rises up again, back to flat where it was. The footsteps, the little shh, rise. The door closes. Yeah. I heard footsteps down the hallway. My be- My mother's bedroom door opened. And the next morning, she came to me and she's like, did you have something weird happen last night? I just looked at her. I said, he came to visit you too. And she was like, yeah. And she started to cry. And then when my oldest daughter woke up, she was about nine. She said that Uncle Al came to visit her and told her that everything was going to be okay. This went on for the next 10 to 11 years at my mom and dad's house. Damn. Years. Years. So it was something that every, everyone saw. Everyone had a, a similar story. Everyone has experienced him. Everyone smelled him. Everyone could see him at different times. It took a while before we could see him, but we could see the footsteps. We saw the doors moving open and closed. He sat in a rocking chair in the dining room a lot of the nights, and the rocking chair would move. And you would go out there and you could smell him. You would smell that blood smell before you saw or heard anything else. You would you knew you knew he was there because that smell would overpower the room. And then um as time went on, we began to see like a manifestation. Oh, okay. Uh, his outline like you couldn't see him like you can see me but there were different times where you could definitely see his shape different things and then there are different pictures of him that we have on film where he had during this one time we had a birthday party for my mom and dad and we had taken a picture of them in the dining room so if I were to be there where they were so imagine my mom over here and my dad here mm-hmm. when we took the picture 
my brother was leaned over them with his arms around him and his face is right in between theirs. And it's clear. His face is very clear. His haircut, the glasses he wore, his shoulder width, his arms. And he's there like hovering over my mom and dad with his arms around him. This was back in 1999. So this picture would have been taken in 2000. Was taken on a camera. We didn't see the film until the, the, the next week. And it's very clear. Now, when you say it's very clear, like, is it as clear as everybody else's picture, uh, face in the picture, or is it a little, little No, it's blurry? a little blurred, but not blurry. Like, it's more like a very clear outline of his face and everything. So if you were to put, like, a, um, I don't want to say, like, a bright spot or something over his face. It's very hard to explain because you can plainly see his face and everything, but it's more like if you were to take a negative of a picture and put it over that picture, his face is in like the negative re- relief, and then their picture is in the regular clear. It's almost like that. It's very weird, but it's a very clear outline of him. His face, like his eyes, you can see there's a smile on his face. You can see his glasses, his haircut. You can see his shoulders, <laughs> his arms. Whoa. That's a lot of detail mm-hmm. there. In that, I mean, I guess, I guess, a uh, shadow people they can, I guess, project clothing and physical objects, uh, how they were when they died, I suppose. Spirits, yeah. So, in, in this story, since everyone saw that and they share the same story you know it's like you know what do you do with that you know people when they hear these stories they're like well this anecdotal and, and maybe they're just seeing things maybe someone might be really harsh be like is it the plot to like ghost dad or be like i'm not sure if that's real um yeah but it's it's i hear your story and it doesn't sound like you're lying it doesn't sound like you're exaggerating it yeah. sounds real um and and i do appreciate you sharing that and, it, and this is a difficult thing because, like, you know, you could share your experience. And if some if someone's really a skeptic and closed off, not willing to even, um, I guess, consider, then, you know, they'll just dismiss it and all that. And it's like, well, then what was the point of sharing it? Just just, just hear it out and, and, and please consider it, you know. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of stories like that. It's not just yours. Now, the problem is, though. There are people who come up with these stories and they could be grifters. They could be faking it, you know? Yeah. yeah. But this went on. This wasn't like a one-time deal. This went on for literally 10 to 12 years after he died. Okay. My mother saw him multiple times. I saw him almost every night. Saw, smelled, heard, felt, spoke with, whatever almost every night for years and I lived at I moved home the night well basically that night that he died I spent another six months almost a year at home again and then when I moved out I had my own encounters with him after that because he was with me a lot of that time as well he was able to go where we were and go check on any one of us that he wanted to but these were things that were witnessed by members of 
out by other people outside of our household. These the, these things were witnessed by friends of my mom and dad, like longtime friends of theirs, outside friends of ours. It wasn't just an isolated incident to the family. This was occurring within the home and other people could smell him. They could smell the smell. They they would hear different things that he would do. They would see the different things move. And they'd be like, did you see that chair move? Or like, what is that smell? And because that heavy blood smell lasted for a good two or three years, and then it began to fade to just mostly like his aftershave type of smell. But this went on for a long time and was witnessed by many of us, not just immediate not just my mom and dad and my kids. So. I, uh, that's, that story is really good. And I, I believe you. I think, um, I think you did see something. I think, um, when you shared that other people saw that and felt his presence, that you're being, you know, genuine there. Um, I I said before that before you're sharing your story that I think there might be a reason why I can't see them and it's kind of like maybe I don't want to see them really maybe maybe deep down subconsciously it's like I don't really want to see them because I may not be able to handle it mm. but I kind of think it's something more I this is going to get kind of weird okay I don't know how to really explain it or describe it I'm kind of bad on that like i dabbled in, in wiccan stuff before uh quite a bit actually but it was like years 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 ago and, and during that i kind of felt like there was like this presence kind of guiding me and mm. that same presence is still kind of around and it doesn't want me to see it for some reason and like it's like when i try to see it it's like it, it protects me it it that, that's why it sounds so goofy, and chat's going to, like, bust my balls and call me all sorts of names or whatever. That's why I lit the incense there. It, it may not mean anything. It may not do anything, but um, it's supposedly it's supposed to help with, uh, with I guess, protection. I don't know if it's really going to do anything. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know, Candace, about some of the stuff, you know, <coughs> dabbled in before, but um, that's where I'm at with it. That's where I'm at. Uh, does oh. that make does that make sense, or is that just a bunch of words salad that I just gave you? Was that word? Bomb? Yeah, no, it makes sense because if you were dabbling in Wiccan stuff, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna assume you were dabbling on the right hand path, not the left hand path. What do you mean? And, like, um, wait, wait, wait! You mean like the evil path? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I I flirt with like. Well, I don't think I've really done anything demonic. I mean, I wear like. Uh, I do sometimes for for the show where like a like the satanic uh, pentagram, but yeah. I never really dabbled in, into that stuff. I, I, I oh, Wiccan, really the first rule of Wiccan is to do no harm, right? Right, do no so harm. That's so that's right. That is the first law of Wiccan. Um, so if you were dabbling in the left hand path, you you were not dabbling in this. No, 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 no. I wasn't doing that stuff. I wasn't doing that stuff. <laughs> I wasn't but doing doesn't any harm make, to anybody. Yeah, because if you were and you had been able to communicate somewhat with the spirit world, whether you 
heard a physical answer or whether you perceived one, like more of a spiritual answer or a spiritual presence or a guide, like you said, then they absolutely could be there for a reason and it could very well be for protection or if you were trying to call a spirit guide to you then maybe someone answered you maybe um protection is good i i wouldn't necessarily call it a wrong thing and if you feel like it's protecting you and you don't feel a sense of fear or evil from it whenever you feel that then that's probably a good thing too and there probably is a reason why it's there okay so sort of like a guardian angel yeah kind of guardian spirit sort of thing and it's just a precaution and you know it may not mean much but it, it, i found some ways things just kind of uh, i've i kind of found through my journey that it does kind of make sense it does kind of work but it doesn't work the way people think it does like it's not like the whole you know wiccan spells stuff and it's not like it just instantly conjures something. It's 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 more subtle. It's more like behind the scenes, sort of. Depends on what you know. I guess so. I guess so. I guess I'm a level one mage. <laughs> but level one. Level level one. Um, one. Well, this this was a good talk. Oh, you know, we didn't get into your favorite horror movie. We didn't do that. But this was a good chat, Candice. Okay. Uh, definitely have to bring you back on to talk more about horror related things and who knows maybe maybe other you know spiritual things as well it'd be kind of cool i kind of like this i really like this i really appreciate it, you coming on and chatting with me and with the uh maybe the six live viewers and then uh, other people will see it afterwards and especially on the podcast feed and all that so okay thank you and um thanks anything you want to say before before we wrap up um thanks for inviting me on it was fun uh if anybody wants to know anything about me they can find me on my website uncomfortably dark because i'm uncomfortable all the time and i write about dark stuff so easy name uncomfortably dark and all my books links and all that are out there so okay sounds good and the chat's a great chat interaction i know there wasn't much you guys were talking you guys were having another conversation about some drama stuff with Euros. I know nothing about that. Um, drama free. Kind of moving on drama free. I used to dab on internet drama. That doesn't make any sense, Candace. Like little, you know, you, you know, small YouTubers will like have beef with one another or whatever, but then it gets all weird. You used to do yeah. that. By used to, I mean like literally like I stopped doing this like weeks ago. So it's weeks turning ago. a new leaf. Actually, two weeks ago. Two or three, Got actually. It. Um, okay. So, well, anyway, congrats on your new on your new leaf. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know. You're welcome. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. You guys take it easy and and have a, have a good one. Have a good one. Hey.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.